Hi folks, it's Ed uh, talking to you from the picnic table outside our house um, on the 4th of August. Now, I'm speaking a few words now just to kind of explain why it is that it's taken so long to produce this episode that you're about to hear. Because it's actually about six and a half weeks since our last episode and the discussion, the episode you're going to hear actually was recorded, you you know, like a month ago. Um, and it covers our final effort to complete the wild take and get a sparrowhawk. And as it happens, since then, in the month since then, uh, without sort of spoiling what happens in the episode, I have to say that there's been a huge amount of upheaval. And, uh, and you know, one one thing in particular that really, in a way, puts everything you're going to hear in this episode into quite a different context and uh, well I don't want to speak about it now but I'll let you listen to the episode and at the end I'll uh, just explain a little bit um, what happened subsequently uh, so stay tuned for that at the end it is kind of almost of necessity it's quite a long episode uh, you'll see why but uh, but we don't really we're not working to a you know pattern here we don't really mind if it's long for us it doesn't make a difference so it is quite a long episode um anyway uh, enjoy the episode and uh, stay tuned at the end talk to you soon hello everyone this is ed nanya and this is wild take podcast episode uh, eight ten no. eleven so they were the events we're going to describe are taking place over sort of two, two three four days actually not very long and um what are the news ed well the news is that we don't have a sparrowhawk yep and um and it's probably i don't know it must be like a week and a half two weeks since we made the first attempt and like loads and loads of things have happened and we probably should have made another episode between then but we've just been so kind of busy but also just exhausted very low actually and yeah sort just, of mentally feeling very exhausted and right. from all the sort of excitement and tension and and expectations and yeah and just kind of having it all coming down so quickly to basically nothing <laughs> um where are we now we we are in a, we actually made a recording here uh, one of our first podcasts was recorded in the same place we're in this eco retreat um in in uh, sort of County Galway, mm. <laughs> and it's it's interesting because we've come a full circle now. <laughs> yeah, I think it was episode two or three. Yeah, uh, we recorded here, sitting in the car park, and um, yeah, it seems like a long time ago. Really long time ago. It was in so, March, so it so um, so we uh, so we th- after the last th- the last podcast we. We had everything ready. We got the climbing gear ready. We had bought lots of equipment. We were all set up. We had a nest that we in a tree that we thought was climbable, and then one day after work we went for it. It was we, Tuesday before our days off. What was the date? I don't remember the date. It was like um, the nineteenth or the twentieth. Where's the notes there? Um, so well, what happened first of all is that on the twentieth of June we went to the nest. To, to look at it, the nest in Sorrel Woods, um, and and we felt as though the sort of a, a countdown was 
ticking, I think. And the, the, the time to take it was very close. And so we went for a kind of final look, which we thought, all right, we're going to be taking it really, really mm. soon. Because when we got there, we could see that there were lots of mutes and the... We persuaded ourselves that the chick we could see was really big and um, uh, there was lots of feeding going on. The, the musket was flying around and we saw lots of activity. So we were like, right, it's on. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it was the 20th of June, we were like, perfect. I remember thinking, perfect. I know exactly what we can call this hawk. It's going to be called solstice because it was the summer solstice. Anyway, so on the 21st of June, we went back. In the evening. In the evening. In fact, I by that point I hadn't really slept properly for, for for a few days, and I was really tense and and scared. And there were so many things that we were worried about. And um, got my gear up, and Dennis, our colleague Dennis, was there as well to support. Yeah. Uh, he was like the support, the tech support team. Yeah. And actually, just moral support as well. Yeah. And I start climbing the tree. Yeah. Right, clock sticking now. We don't want to be disturbing this thing for longer than, you know. Oh, the getting good at the old tree climbing. Well, I've done some practice, so yeah. it should be getting better, this. And so I carried on cutting some of them, some of the other ones up higher and the whole time that I was climbing the nest, um, the female just stayed in the... Sorry, the, the whole time I was climbing the tree, the, the female just stayed in the nest. She didn't she didn't move. She was there. And basically up until the point of me reaching and looking at her. And it was quite a, quite a magical moment, actually. Um, when I finally got to the, to the sort of top... Um, my eyes met her eyes. Oh my god! She's in the nest. And then she oh, just she swiftly. I just oh, here saw she goes. Her. Here she goes. She saw me. She's off the nest. Just took off Sorry. in this way that sparrowhawks do. They just silently glide down from the nest and. That's it. That's the job. So and then I remember just thinking, okay, so I need. Okay, I need the bag. To prepare the bag to, to take the chicks, but wait a second. And I completely forgot that I first need to check to see how many there are in the nest, obviously. So when I did, um, what can you see? It was quite tough. What can you see? Because I had to. Shit. Take your time. I had my main line going over a branch, and I, was, I kept slipping. My spikes just kept going down, but eventually I managed to balance myself on one of the on one of the branches, and I, I just kind of peeked over into the nest, and there. And there I saw two chicks. There's two chicks. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, there were two chicks, not three, not four, not five, like... Oh, shit. An average sparrowhawk couple would have five. Just a second. I'm going to have a good look. But there was only two. Hello. They're good size, but there's only two. And uh, probably males, actually. Downy feathers. Can you take a picture? Absolutely the cutest things I have ever seen. Oh my god. They're absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. And they just looked at me. Oh, they're so beautiful. And and I just knew immediately that. Okay, okay so I'm gonna come, come down. down now. <laughs> Don't feel like I'd really had this disappointment. Actually, I didn't feel disappointed somehow. 
I feel like I, I kind of felt like I knew from I, I feel like I just had this feeling from the moment we found I don't know not like we found the nest but I, I had the feeling that there were only going to be two chicks in the nest <laughs> somehow yeah yeah we'd only seen two heads so mm. yeah I so was, I was pretty bloody disappointed to be quite honest with you yeah, you were actually. You were. I think you were really disappointed, and I wasn't. And I, I had this hope that like we. I, think we it's like, I don't know. I was amazing because I was. I feel like I was the one who was more convinced there was only two chicks in it. So I don't know why I was more disappointed, because I was really certain there was. I was really had this. I'd been telling myself, you know, there's only two. There's only two. Don't get mm. excited. Don't get excited. And then. Mm. I don't know. Well, I didn't feel. I I remember feeling quite still quite excited because we had other places we could visit uh, so yeah. on the same evening we rushed over to um, the the other place in the garden where we had sighted sparrowhawks and we knew there was an active nest and we we, we did see a female yeah, sitting, landing, on, the sitting nest. on the nest and landing there so we were there. Like really excited and we thought great um, we'll come back tomorrow because by that mm-hmm. point it was already evening um, quite, quite, sort of, quite dim, dark. Evening. So this was all on Tuesday night. This was all on Tuesday night, twenty first. Mm-hmm. And on and Wednesday morning we went. Yeah, Wednesday morning we went back. First, actually, we didn't. We went to. Another oh yeah, place. yeah, that's right. We went and we sat and we looked at the nest in the mossy woods. Mossy woods, and it's absolutely no activity. We must have been there for an hour and a half. Yeah. And we just we heard nothing. We saw nothing. We just assumed that. that the nest was abandoned, or mm. or the the chicks were predated, or the, the the nest just wasn't that wasn't the nest. There was a nest, another nest nearby, or something. I remember early on people saying to us, or reading, saying like in the books and things, and people saying that you know you need loads of you need to have lots of backup nests. You can't just rely on one nest, and we knew that that was true. But and so we but when we investigated lots of different sites, but once we'd found that one nest in the Sorrel Woods, that kind of that took all of our attention. We didn't really revisit the other sites frequently at all um, we tried to go to the garden and failed because the got the dogs that live there kept sort of keeping us out of the garden and the owner wasn't around hmm. and and so whatever but for whatever reason you know we just didn't keep our tabs on these other sites and so in the end we had this one site that we were hoping for with this one backup site in the garden that we hadn't been able to monitor very well and then after that, there were no other options, really. So well, when when the first one failed because of, there was only two chicks, and then we went to we were like, right, so this our, our, our all everything really rests on this um, this garden one because if there's if there's nothing if this garden one doesn't work out, then we're gonna have to race around trying to find other ones. So, but to be fair, like the reason the reason partially the reason why we found it so we did look for other sites but where we live is, is it's not easy to find um sparrowhawk nests because we have a lot of really vast woodland where they nest so walking around actually involves basically scanning through acres and acres of woodland you know yeah. which we did do in the springtime but once we found these places it also took a lot of energy to actually monitor the nest to see at what stage the chicks are because we were this whole thing was about how old they are so we had to go back to the same place every night for the past months to be able to really say okay there are chicks and they're this age and this is when they hatch I'm sure if we do this again we'd probably have a much better idea of the timelines um, 
but this was just a kind of I don't know we were learning on 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 the job really so yeah, yeah. there was no there was no clues you know if at we just had no idea it's it's and it's amazing like I mean okay there were two chicks but they were the right age when I picked into the nest they were perfect for taking you know they were perfect for taking and we could have you know if there was three of them and there was a female or a male I would have taken them because they were just the right age so we did a good job at finding the nest and determining the age of the chicks but unfortunately the luck was not on our side and unfortunately the luck wasn't on our side the second time either. <laughs> because what happened in the garden was basically the same thing. I climbed this really difficult tree. Um, it actually looked much short, much uh, much lower to the ground than this before, for some reason. But, but this time when I climbed, it was horrendous. Uh, the tree was completely covered in ivy, and it was leaning towards one side, so it was kind of on the curve, and I wasn't sure if I was going to disturb the whole nest and make it collapse or not <laughs> eventually when I climbed and peeked into the nest she's smiling at me I don't know what it means Anya talk to me there's two chicks how many two are you joking there's only two oh. chicks again there's two chicks one female and one male oh. perfect age the same maybe a little just a, maybe a day or two older than the ones in the soil woods but Wait, just take care, take care, take care. But yeah, they were... Take care. They were just really beautiful, looking at me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we... At that point, I felt pretty low, actually. That was a low moment. I think you, you probably... If, if we play this recording, you probably wouldn't hear it in my voice because the shock of this, the shock of finding another two chicks in the nest was just too much. <laughs> I think I almost... I think I even laughed when I said it to you. Um... But yeah, basically, at, at, by that point, we really, that was that was Wednesday morning. So we had another whole day. We had day off from work. Yeah, we had Wednesday evening, and then a whole Thursday day to look for nests. And we knew sort of. I, I kind of had this feeling that uh, we're not going to have the chick this year because it 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 was obvious to me that to have such bad luck must mean something. <laughs> it was like the universe was telling us. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But we were second-guessing everything, so we were sort of... On the one hand, we we both had this feeling that, you know, that, like that yeah, surely it's not meant to be, but on the other hand, a, a feeling of, like, well, no, I mean, if we if we had other nests lined up, then, you know, just statistically speaking, we'd have one that had enough chicks in it, and so maybe this mm. is just kind of a, a an obstacle in our way, and what we really needed to do... And what we tried to then tried to do was to race around and find other yeah. na- nests. And like so race we, around. we raced around, revisited revisited um, sites that we thought were hopeful. But it was desperate. I mean, we were just kind of running around trying to find plucking posts back to like back to square one in a way. Very so, frustrating, but actually, with with a bit of help from others, it paid off. And you know our one of our colleagues told us about plucking posts he'd seen in the place where he walks his dog. So we raced up there. It's a, another island uh, near to the island that we'd visited very early on in this process. Um, and it's very similar. It's sort of half conifer, half uh, old beech trees. 
with a bit of forestry work going on inside and lots and lots of frogs. As we walked around, there was loads of frogs, so we decided to call it Frog Island. And um, after spending, I don't know, uh, one, e- one, one afternoon and then a morning, we eventually located a nest. We sat, we'd, we'd, we'd sat overlooking a clearing and a, a musket had a, a called from almost right behind my head as I was lying underneath a tree. And as I rolled over in a panic, quiet in a quiet panic, trying to see him, he took off and flew in a huge wide circle through the treetops. Um, and that gave us the clue that the nest was nearby and we found more plucking posts. So we found another nest. Mm. And... But it was just kind of really last minute. We, I, f- I remember we walked around yes. on Wednesday evening and I was just so tired. We hadn't slept properly. We hadn't eaten properly for days. <laughs> and I just remember getting lost on this island and walking through brambles and bracken and just feeling like I was just going to fall over and just die somewhere. <laughs> it was really bad, you know. I felt so sad and I was crying. And and um, and then... And then it was like a miracle seeing this musket, actually. It was a total miracle. And suddenly hope. We just had this hope that maybe this is it. Maybe we just... Maybe this was just obstacles to get to this point, you know. Mm. And and on Thursday we... But it was... Well, the thing about the nest was it was in the, the very, very top... Of the of a very strange Scots pine, it was a very thin Scots pine that launched itself from between a couple of beech trees and curved around in a kind of almost a a kind of a, a, an arc of a, a circle, like up into the canopy of the beeches. And there was nothing on it; it was just like a pole all the way up until it was above the canopy, where it then sprouted. But there was lots of ivy around uh, all of the branches at the top, and the nest was resting where the, 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 the trunk of this Scots pine had become almost horizontal in, at the top of the curve. And it just looked like a really, really tricky one to climb because you'd be walking on the outside of a curve to a really great height. Yeah. Um, I was pretty ready just to do it. On just, I was like, yeah, let's, let's just go. I think I was still high on adrenaline and, you know, tiredness just kind of took over my <laughs> my... My ability to really think properly. Um, but I think I was quite insistent that we have... Because we wanted Dennis to have a look at it, basically. And we wanted to see if it was actually safe because it, it didn't look to me like it was a straightforward climb. Mm. So I'm really glad that we got him to come and have a look. And the next day, we went and... We, well, we grabbed him after work. It was our day off. And On Thursday. So yeah. Thursday, right? And... In the evening. In the evening, we, we, we brought him to have a look and... He had a good look and pronounced that it was not safely climbable by you because there was a f- there was a flaw in the tree trunk two thirds of the way up, and mm. you could see it when he pointed it out you could see that at this point it was like where it had been rubbed by a, a neighboring tree that had then fallen away or died, but it created a flaw in the tree trunk which mm. made it bend at a, at a sudden angle and if you know it's not a big tree it was about it was only about twenty centimeters. At the base, mm. it was a very tall, very thin Scots pine, and and at this bend, it just suddenly it was like, yeah, if you had your weight at mm. the top of this tree, it could just break, you know, yeah. killing me and the chicks and everything. But we knew that the chicks were there because we saw mutes right underneath the nest, and we actually found a shell from an egg. 
scrambled yeah. egg. And we saw a female landing close by and there was plucking Yeah, so we knew it was definitely uh, an active nest. And it was just so frustrating. And I remember when Dennis pronounced it, I just felt like, this is ridiculous. How can this be that we're finding all this nest and none of them will give us what we want? And I just remember lying down on the ground, like right under the nest and just looking up at it and just thinking, feeling actually defeated. By that point, I was feeling pretty defeated. You know, I knew that, um, like, I really knew that it wasn't going to happen now. <laughs> so, hmm. there was another attempt, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, so, like, <laughs> well, so it sounds also, again, because, 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 um, because, like, having, because this is sort of a six month thing for us, basically. It was a sort of six month process. And although we had, like, lots of helpful input and, and advice from people, it had basically been our kind of, you know, we, we it was our, it was our project, so we were doing it. You know, we were the ones going out and looking. You know, we'd had, had occasional help from people early on, looking. You know, to identify what's a plucking post and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then suddenly, when things started to kind of go wrong, when we had this bad luck, or you know, it turned out that the nests we had organised weren't going to work, we got a bit of help, and and that's how I found that nest in in the, on the Frog Island, mm-hmm. and and then and then. And then the man that we work for um, was out uh, on a drive somewhere and found a nest in a place where he thought they'd, you know, he thought he'd seen he'd seen them nesting in previous years. And it was a little bit further afield than we'd been looking, so it wasn't a place that we'd been aware of before. And and we thought, right, this is our, this is it, you know. This is what it was all building up to. We've, we've, we were defeated, and this is our chance. This is our last chance. So, despite feeling like it was just not meant to be, not destined to be, we were like, right, come on, and we drove to this place. And it was. It was actually on a sun Saturday night. Saturday night, we were meant to go to a party with friends, and we had to skip that yeah. to go to the. Um, yeah. Look. And I, I had a I had a really bad feeling when we were driving there actually. I had this kind of feeling of defeat, despair, real tiredness and hunger. Um we were like high on coffee and it was just it everything felt wrong. You know, it was the wrong frame of mind to be approaching this climb. Whatever climb it was gonna be, I just felt like unprepared for it. Uh, because I guess I've used up all my reserves on previous climbs and when we got there, I just, it was this like quite a quite nice area, you know, and, and, you know, there was a nest and it was in a tree that was looked climbable to me. Yeah. Um, so I was quite reluctant to go up a tree because, because I didn't know anything about this place. You know, it was a little bit sort of far away from where we had looked for. Mm-hmm. And as I start climbing, I was... The, the tree was actually quite thin. It was a, it was some kind of pine, and it wasn't like it wasn't a spruce, and it wasn't a Scots pine. It was some kind of other pine. It was a part of a plantation, and the branches sort of grew up, in sort of diagonally up from the trunk as it mm-hmm. as, and away from them. And there were very, there was lots of them, wasn't there? I think there's a photograph that you can post yeah. of this tree, and, yeah. and you can see the nest. And so the, at the very top where the nest is, it, it's only probably slightly thicker than my knee. 
I would say. The trunk. The trunk, yeah. So when I, I was making my way up and it was quite hard because I was attacked by midges and uh, it was a very thin tree. But every time I shook it, I could hear the chicks peeping from the nest. They were just making this like beep, 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 beep noises. I just felt bad. I have to say I felt really awful. Um, so when we finally, when I finally was about a meter away, they from didn't do it all the way up though. They, they no. when you first put your spikes into the bottom, that's when you heard them peeping. You sort of went duff duff with your spikes, and then we suddenly heard this like, as the as the shook the shaking went up the tree, we heard this like mm. neek, neek, neek kind of noise, and we couldn't quite believe is that was that them, you know? Mm. And then you took another couple of steps, and it was like yep yeah, yep yeah, squeaking again, mm. and then as as it went along, I, we didn't hear anymore. Um, the parents were off the nest. They were hunting, and we know that there were there were lots of mutes under the tree. Yeah, big mutes. And yeah. so when so I made my way, and that was maybe about a meter uh, away, a meter or two meters away yeah. from the nest. Start looking up, and I was trying to investigate how I would approach it because this was a very difficult tree. It wasn't it wasn't very thick at the top, and there was nowhere to put my to put an anchor to really hold on to. Because the problem was that the, the, the nest itself was in a basket, almost a basket of branches, because what the tree did was that the main trunk split evenly into three evenly spaced, uh, you know, branches as, as, a, as a kind of basket. Um, and what that meant for your climb was that, that the nest was resting on all three of the main structural branches. Mm. So where could you... Where could you tie on a line mm. that didn't yeah. that didn't interfere with the nest? There was no there was no, nowhere. Yeah. How could you get? You couldn't. I couldn't even get peek, high enough no. to peek over the edge. I couldn't. So I realized that I would have to like either put my main line over the nest, and in that process, might actually I don't know, accidentally hit one of the chicks or something. So I just had to actually just had to abandon the climb. I didn't get to see how many chicks there were in the nest. Yeah, the, the, the problem was is that because 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 below the nest the 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 the, 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 the side branches, the smaller side branches of the of the tree themselves like because they were growing had grown diagonally and upwards, they, mm-hmm. the tips of them incorporate were incorporated into the nest. And so you would have to have removed them um somehow <laughs> in order to peek over the top of the nest because they because they were yeah, because because of the way that they were sort of part of the structure of it. Basically, it was structurally unsafe to cut through any of the branches. I wouldn't be able, actually, basically, in the way, I wouldn't even been able to squeeze through to get to the nest because a lot of the twigs that the, that the nest was made of were resting on all these different multi-layered branches underneath it. So there was just no way. So I came down, but I don't know, I had the sense of relief. I felt like, I, I did kind of feel like, right, this is it then. We have to just stop now. Why relief? Relief, I guess, because because I was very tired and I don't think I was emotionally prepared for another nest, to, to peek into another nest and see what's there, you know. It was really, it's, 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 I think if I have to do it again, I would know what to expect, but the, but the surprise and anxiety of looking into a nest is, is, is quite a lot, you know, it's very stressful. You know, you, you, it's like you don't know what you're going to see there. <laughs> it's a bit too much. So, like, you know, it's 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 quite scary. And uh, I don't know, I just felt... It, it's very emotional. It's very moving and beautiful. But also it's... It's, it's like... It, it, you have to have a lot of energy 
to get through it. And climbing is really tough. Climbing trees like that is really tough. So I, I was relieved that I didn't have to negotiate around this nest and having to like peek over and try and lower the chicken in the bag. And also because, I guess because I didn't feel any attachment to this particular place. Because we spent all these energies looking for places and we got to know a particular area and we had this we had this beautiful story about it in our heads, you know. We, we got kind of attached to it. Um, I don't know, I didn't really feel ready to to change the course of events so quickly. It wasn't, like you, was, you were saying, you were saying like the night before we went actually, we had a conversation over and I was just thinking, I was saying to you like, well, maybe we should just go for it, maybe this is, maybe this will teach us that we shouldn't get attached to things, we just have to just go for this, any nest we find, you know, and get a chick. And, and you were kind of, kind of holding back and saying something in the lines of, like maybe we're forcing this to happen a bit more. You know, because there was a lot of things, like a lot of things that indicated that maybe it wasn't meant to happen. Like, first of all, this bad luck with two nests, unclimbable nest. And even when we went to this fourth nest, just so many things prevented us from reaching it. Do you remember when we left work? We just kept being delayed. Oh, yeah, that's there so weird. There was lots weird. of things that happened yeah, on yeah, the like, evening. Like, we, just as we tried to get out of work... We, we we were rushing we were rushing off to go really quickly and it weren't things that we we did that like little things happened so we were just on our way driving we were driving away we were already 10 minutes away got a call from a colleague who'd locked her key uh, at work and we had to go back and unlock it for her mm. um, and then there was something else like then we realised um, we forgot the recorder and we had uh, to go home to get the recorder yeah, you know, so there was just lots of things and then we had to go to get petrol and get some food and it just everything delayed us and you know, you get the sense that whatever it is, but you, it's not right. <laughs> it doesn't feel right anymore. It felt right when we found the nest in the sorrel woods and we watched it for a long time. We got to know this particular couple. It felt right. It felt right to climb the tree. I was I was looking at the tree and mentally climbing it for weeks, you know, trying to plan how I'm going to go up and where I'm going to put my, you know, uh, lanyard and main line, how I'm going to use the spikes to access it and how yeah. I'm going to reach. You know, I had this idea over it. I was prepared for it. I wasn't prepared to take a chick from another nest, basically, mentally. So it just didn't feel right. And I, this is why I had the sense of relief. And I think because it wasn't the story that we were planning for, you know, it wasn't the kind of, yeah, it wasn't our story anymore. It wasn't our chick. <laughs> um, which is really sad, and maybe that's not the attitude people should have when they do a wild take, but that's what it meant to us. It was a different... This is what wild take meant to us. It meant to be somewhere local, somewhere where we know, um, somewhere where we found ourselves. I mean, this the sorrel wood nest, we found it by following a bird, a, a sparrowhawk, <laughs> and we really loved this woodland. You know, and it just meant, didn't happen. So, in a way, that was it. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know. How do you feel? Would you do you have anything kind of to say yeah. about this? Well, it's a mistake, wasn't it? It was a mistake to to get hung up and attached on one place and think of it in that way. You know what we sh- what we should have. I mean, what we what. It, what we should have been doing is, is 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 making sure that we had three or four backups that we were perfectly happy to 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 go to mm-hmm. and able to climb. You know that's the mistake we made. 
that's it, you know, that's, and the, the consequences are that we climbed the nest, there were only two chicks, you know, that's the condition of the license, so we couldn't take a chick from there, so, and we didn't have immediate, easy backups apart from the garden, and I felt, alright, I mean, I was quite optimistic about the garden, I thought, mm. I thought, how can it happen two nests in a row, that there's only two chicks, you know. But that's the mistake we made, and that's the consequences. And and uh, and maybe, yeah. So I mean, maybe maybe that's the the that's called learning from experience. Because I'm sure we wouldn't make that same mistake next year. If we do yeah. this next year, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna, you know, first of all, because we know about searching for nests a little bit, we're gonna use less energy in the initial stages. And we're going to find it, I, th- I hope, we're going to find it a little bit easier to do what we need to do, which is to locate multiple active nests and keep tabs on all of them, rather than, mm-hmm. you know, because we're just a bit more familiar with what with the stages and the, the, the timings and the development and, the, and you know, the signs and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know, yeah, I mean... Like, it's... It, it, I'm, I'm torn in a way to to sort of it, it between between feeling like uh, it's sort of regret that we kind of didn't give ourselves the best possible possible chance by by but then also sort of trying to be a bit kinder to ourselves saying well this is the first time we've done it and it's easy hindsight you know it's easy to criticize oneself in hindsight and then also and, and then also just saying well you know but also it was really bad luck you know what are the chances that the two main nests mm. that you have both only have two chicks in them you know so it's yeah, sort of a mix just, a mix of feelings really. Yeah. I don't feel really so kind of critical about it because because we did look for a long time for different sites until we managed to locate um, locate these particular places mm-hmm. and I just think it's really it was just really bad luck actually because mm. we put a lot of energy into looking for places and even but even you know even even if we do it again it can still work out not work out mm. you know we have might have like four nests and one of them might fail and very very quickly so I don't know what does it mean that there's only two chicks in both nests does it mean that the sparrowhawks are not doing well at the moment does it mean it was because maybe because the winter was bad there's not much food around not so much food around for them the winter was very stormy and floody and very wet warm but really really wet so maybe maybe that's the reason why. Having said that, there are other people who found, you know, who've done wild takes, found nests with five chicks in them. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, other people have managed it this year, but then they live in other parts of Ireland. Maybe it was different. It was very mm-hmm. floody around here. Yeah. You know, very very wet and windy uh, the past winter. Maybe they're both um, young birds. I think, I think I'm right in saying that uh, young birds often have smaller clutches as they get more experience in raising chicks. And um, the older ones have smaller clutches, clutches, and actually the older ones have smaller clutches. Yeah, also think, small. Like, as they get older, they their clutch size. Okay, but I think okay, but I think initially they have quite small ones as well, well. Because the one, the couple in the sorrel woods, we think that they're quite young, and the one in the garden, they're quite. The female is quite old. She's got very dark does, eyes, yeah. and she's very white. She's got very very white stripy body, and. Yeah, yeah, very strong markings. Very strong markings. So she's quite old. Um, but yeah, this is it. I mean, there's nothing really much to add to the fact that we don't have a chick, and this podcast will probably have to take a different turn, and or come to a kind of 
natural end. Natural end, I think. But I think we will. Um, well, at least this. This chapter this, this, is over this for chapter, now. Yeah. I mean, we 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 really enjoy, uh, don't we? Really enjoy putting together the podcast. Actually, mm-hmm. I think we find it quite rewarding in a way to yeah. have a regular review of what we're doing and um, and also to keep a sort of document of what we we've done. You know, some people take loads of pictures. Some people post, you know, film videos of, you know, family videos. Some people write blogs. Some people keep a diary. And for us, this is what we do. And at mm. the moment, this is, you know, we find it rewarding. So I don't think this is going to be the last episode. No. But for for the sort of, for this part of it, I think mm. it will be. We will, we're planning to revisit the nest. We haven't actually been to the sorrel woods. I, I couldn't bring myself to visit it. I think I would sort of it was so emotional in the last couple of weeks but we will we will go there next week um actually this week and revisit and see how the chicks are doing and what stage they're at and maybe watch them from a distance to see if um apparently there's going to be a lot of screaming and chatting and screaming at the mummy once they start sitting on the edge of the nest yeah and uh, and of course it's it's been pointed out to us and it's quite correct I think that um, that if we're planning to do this next year we could do ourselves a big favour by taking the time to drive around all of the previous sites we visited and spending a bit of time listening and watching to see if we can hear those young doing those begging calls because that would help us know whether or not the places we were at were actually nest sites you know the plantation Mm. white uh, the plantation um, the island, um, mm-hmm. uh, what other places? All of the all of the little um, patches the and woodland. gardens and woodland that we visited early mm. on, and that we then didn't think were nest sites. You know, if we go there at the right time now in the summer, we might soon mm-hmm. we might hear them, the young ones calling, and that could help us find nests next year. Yeah. So. Yeah. So meanwhile, this project is over. And we will keep you posted on. Are we going to mention the? Are we going to mention this other thing? <laughs> or are we just going to keep it secret for now? Well, I think. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, we're gonna we were going to mention something, but uh, we might just keep it secret for now. And, yeah. Uh, we might just uh, uh, surprise you uh, in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, thanks very much for listening and very sorry that things have turned out this way and we wouldn't be continuing the, the story of the Sparrowhawks and Ed and Anya. Uh, it's very sad. You know, I feel like the disappointment is not... like I don't have absolutely no regrets and I don't think it's a failure at all because I've gained so much knowledge and so much excitement and I've had such a good time looking for Sparrowhawks and we were watching wild sparrowhawks for months, you know, and this is just the best thing ever. I really enjoyed it. So I never, I don't have any regrets about, you know, having applied for this license and even the fact that we failed. It doesn't matter because because we've gained a lot with it. And I, had the, I have, like, the best memories of the spring. <laughs> I'll never forget all these adventures we did. I remember... Um... <laughs> When when it turned out that the first nest, when the first when it turned out the first uh, the sorrel woods nest didn't have enough chicks in it, and we were faced with this very tricky decision about 
what to do, how hard to push, what decision to make, you know, what to do, to to race around to other nests, to try and find other places, how to proceed, because it wasn't a clear cut. There's not a clear cut point at which to say, right now is the time to stop, you know, now is the time to give up, you know. And I remember our, our, our boss, like so, we've we we mentioned him a lot, and he's amazingly uh, nice man, and amazingly helpful. Yeah, he's been absolutely so. He's great, supportive really. of everything. And you know, when you started the podcast, we sort of we, we we like we sort of agreed that we weren't going to kind of talk about details of where we work, and we we're going to mention people by name unless they agreed to and everything like that. So, so we're not going to say who it is or anything. But I remember. Um, when it didn't work out with that first nest and we were looking at this difficult decision and wondering what to do and I remember him saying he'd come to check in and see how it was going and I remember him leaving and saying just celebrate whatever decision you make basically and I think that's actually like such a brilliant I thought it was strongly at the time I thought that's a brilliant uh, way to put it you know celebrate the decision you make you know and Mm. you know and having had two nests not work out another two nests be found and not be climbable we had to make a decision uh, and it might have for a moment felt sad and difficult but I think we're celebrating the decision now oh in yeah a, in a way definitely we're, we're celebrating it because of well because we learned a lot a lot we gained because, a lot and because, and because we've got opportunities exactly, to do other things exactly exactly and this other things are very exciting yeah <laughs> we're not going to say anymore right, okay time to stop <laughs> Yeah, yeah, talk to you next time. Yeah, take, talk to you uh, maybe next week or in a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. a series two. <laughs> well, t- no, it's not going to be called, well, it's going to be a wild take, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a good phrase for, I yeah. think it's a good name for a podcast anyway, mm. even if it's not about, you know, I mean, well, if it's not about me. Right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello again. Uh, so that was uh, all recorded um, on the 6th of July and a couple of weeks after that uh, we were at work and Anya had abdominal pains that were not related to digestion took herself off to the doctor he sent her to A&E and she got lots of blood tests and the upshot of it was against all <coughs> what we against our firm uh, convictions and expectations and certain knowledge as we thought she was uh, pregnant but it, but not with a normal pregnancy she had ectopic pregnancy and she was in hospital for a couple of days and had to have some surgery and uh, so it turned out that uh, she would have been, she would have been pregnant for all of the I mean so her pregnancy was about five weeks long and and when we found that out, you know, it sort of just suddenly a lot of things kind of made sense to us. And a lot of things that you've just heard discussed in the in the the episode, the podcast episode, if you've if you've listened to the whole thing, and um, you know, the sort of I don't know, lots of things. Like, so one thing is um, the kind of the sort of the kind of exhaustion that Annie was feeling, maybe, or what we were both feeling. I don't know. Sort of. That sort of seemed to make more sense. The kind of the emotional uh, power of things had seemed to feel quite strong, and maybe that made more sense as well. Because Anya's hormone levels are all over the place, and um, that obviously affects, you know, mood 
you know, and and uh, um, and like, and of course, has an effect on me as well. And this is maybe uh, on a slightly different uh, angle. It also sort of seemed to make more sense of the way that things had actually panned out because we'd had this feeling as you heard in the episode that that this it all must have happened for a reason but we didn't quite understand what the reason would be and we now looking back realize that you know if, like if if we'd had this going on having just a couple of weeks before taken a sparrowhawk chick it would have been challenging in a in a whole different way and um, and so it sort of seemed to make sense a bit more after that. And the 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 effects of of like the pregnancy are still being worked through. We find it a very very difficult month, and we're not really sure, you know, how long we should expect the recovery to be. And it's been quite tough. Um, but there is some good news, which obviously you could hear in our voices even in that recording at the end. We're obviously being quite optimistic and secretive about something. And that will be <laughs> the topic of another episode, um, which uh, hopefully you will not have to wait so long to hear. Bye. Bye.